0: You're listening to the Tree Council's podcast, Life on the Hedge. In this series, we're setting you on a path to a blossoming career in nature. You'll hear from young people as they start out in conservation, forestry, horticulture and more. We'll give you the inside story on what it's really like and tell you all you need to know to start your own journey in the green sector.
1: You can't do anything more important than growing trees to help with the climate crisis.
0: And at the heart of our series, hedgerows. These hidden heroes are the UK's largest priority habitat, supporting more than 2,000 species. But more than 50% of our hedgerows have been lost since World War II, and many of those that remain are under threat. With their carbon-guzzling, pollution-absorbing powers, hedgerows are crucial in the fight against climate change. So let's get to know them. On today's episode, meet Paula Alute.
2: I'm a horticulture trainee studying for my RHS Level 2 with More Trees. I'm Darryl Berg.
1: Yes, hello, I'm Darryl, a tree nursery officer. Thanks for joining us at More Trees today. We're a charity working to restore the native woodland of Dartmoor in South Devon. Each year we collect tens of thousands of local tree seeds to grow in our nurseries and then plant them as new woodland and hedgerows. We really are growing our future.
2: The More Trees mission is also to help people connect with their forest heritage. Daryl and I are going to give you an insight into what we do day to day and how our work is helping in the fight against climate change and biodiversity loss. Let's head outside! Daryl and I start uh, our day in the log cabin. Today is actually a really nice day so the fire is not on, and the doors are open. Birds are singing.
1: So it's quite a busy day here on the nursery. Some of the construction works happening today. So we've got a man with a digger in. Got lots of volunteers here today as well. We've got a team dedicated people that are helping us catch up with some of the horticultural jobs. So
2: volunteers come along the day whenever they feel more comfortable, and they get involved with things that have to be done. But also they can choose in between the activities that are available. Today we are. Planting gelderose seeds, preparing potting mix and digging out trees for planting during the weekend.
1: Other than the seedlings that we've got pricking out today, we're planting some young birch, so we had some birch seed that we sowed summer last year. It was a seed it was quite late going in, but we thought we'd give it a go anyway, and we've got some lovely little trees now. And they'll be potentially, you know, if we have a good year, maybe going out next winter and you know they'll find a new life up on Dartmoor somewhere, so yeah, it's a full full circle growing that we're doing here. So, Paola, today we've got some seedlings to pot on over in the Palu Tunnel, but before we head out, I think you should explain how you ended up training with us at More Trees.
2: So I started studying biology in university, and after I finished my degree, I moved to Scotland to work with the Scottish Wildlife Trust. There I discovered that I really enjoy working outdoors and doing practical jobs. And after my contract finished, I decided to stay in the UK and look for other jobs that I could gain more experience. The reason that I decided to stay in the UK is that I met amazing people that are really engaged with different small and big projects of nature conservation also, there is quite a lot of entry-level jobs for conservation. My main motivation to work with more trees is to do my part against climate change. What is your motivation, Daryl?
1: Well, I mean, the important thing for me is growing plants, which have an impact on the, on the greater good and the wider environment, really. You know, I've got a background in commercial horticulture As a gardener myself as well, you know, you always think you're doing your best for the planet and for wildlife, but then one day sort of take stock of the situation and realise how much peat is being used, how much pesticides being used and just think this is crazy really. Coming to more trees has really allowed me to, what I call, guilt-free growing really.
2: So Daryl, how did you become a nursery officer?
1: good good timing with all these things really so obviously it's about the time i was i was looking to explore opportunities outside of commercial horticulture this opportunity came up to assist with the growing and oversee the growing at one of the nursery sites at more trees and i thought this is absolutely perfect for me and what i want and what i need from work at the moment
2: oh the digger just pulled by the lodge um shall we take a walk
1: Sounds away like from like it <laughs> yeah let's do that
2: We should explain a bit more what we mean when we talk about making Dartmoor more resilient.
1: Dartmoor has been under human cultivation as such and grazing for a significant period of time now. But the landscape is post-natural really. We're seeing a lot of interest now from landowners that want to plant trees to enhance the natural environment. And the volunteers that we have here are a huge part of that.
2: And trees aren't just important for the woodlands and forests, they are also crucial for hedgerows, aren't they?
1: Exactly. We've actually been working on the next generation of hedgerow trees, so shall we stop having a chat and do some work?
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's do it!
3: Hello, my name is Molly Higginson. I work for New Leaf Plants, which is a clematis and climbing plant specialist in the UK. Within a plant nursery, there's a lot of different jobs available. It can be from things like propagation, which is cutting up of the plants for plant growth, to potting the plants, to managing the labels that go on the plants and doing office admin. I wasn't planning to come into horticulture. I started a degree in hair and makeup design for media and performance. Did that for about a year, decided I didn't like it. So decided to leave and lived away for a long time. I came back home um, in need of money and I asked for just a summer job for a few months just to get my money back up so I could move back to Canada as it is a family business but in those few months I ended up falling in love with horticulture. So over my time over the last four years I've made sure I've covered every single job here but I also run all of our social medias. I enjoy being with plants personally. I like getting out in the garden myself and I like being around the green of the plants and just being in that environment. But I also really like teaching people about gardening and getting them to understand how to grow their plants and how to successfully grow their plants in an uncomplicated way. We're growing a green product which is good for the environment and it's not just good for the environment, it's good for people's mental health and to get people gardening even if they've just got a balcony garden or a really large orchard to work in. There's so many different things you can be doing. My piece of advice to anyone looking to come into horticulture or really any industry is try every single job. You know, make sure that you've you've tried the propagation, you've tried the potting, you've tried the science side, you've tried management areas and cover everything, even if that means work experience for one week in every area. Don't cancel anything out just because it might have a boring title. Really read into that role and understand what the different areas of it are.
1: So we're roughly standing about the middle of the nursery at the moment just come up to see our team of volunteers who are working on the Gelder rose this morning so i'm just going to take a few of these seedlings so just to share some of the the workload and uh, power and i will go and pot some of these up for the next generation of hedgerow trees
2: Well, you can really tell that Daryl has been working for commercial nurseries for long because everything is very well organized and everybody knows what to do. So, Daryl, do you want to explain a bit more what we are doing here?
1: So, what's quite nice with more trees is that we do everything for the full process from the seed collecting, the seed cleaning, the propagation, and then the planting. So, it's nice that we get to see the whole whole cycle. So, today what we're doing is potting our um, seedlings into root trainers. So, we're growing... On the nursery, we grow trees in the ground and in cellular modules as well. These gale roses are going straight into modules today. We've got a, a sort of a homemade compost mix we're using today. Some coir, which is basically derived from coconut husks and then some of our homemade compost on site. And then with a little dusting of uh, commercially available mycorrhiza fungi as well, just to give them that little head start.
2: Well, gilderose is a quite an important plant in hedges. Apart of being great for wildlife, it's got beautiful flowers in summer, really intense red-coloured berries in winter that usually stay on the hedge until late winter or spring, and really nice patterned leaves.
1: Yeah, it really is one of the, the stars of a British hedgerow, so yeah, really beautiful red berries i think we've noticed obviously when we're cleaning the seeds that we do see the other side of it they are a bit smelly so for all its beauty they, they, they are a bit smelly and they do dye your fingers quite a bit when you're mashing hundreds and hundreds of them each season but you know they they are a really valuable one you know support so many species of wildlife so it's a yeah, really important one for us to to try and get out there
2: apparently they've got quite an interesting strategy that they don't invest too much in the nutrients they put in the fruit So they are not the favourite one of the birds. But they stay on the bush for late winter to beginning of spring. So when there is no other berries available, but the cupkins start to come out. The frutivorous birds go for the berries and combine it with cupkins. So these are rich in sugars and then the cupkins are rich in protein.
1: Most plants have a relationship with fungi and these fungi help them to sequester nutrients. So mycorrhizae are really important for, for trees. 90 odd percent of, of plant species have an association with mycorrhizae and they're really important for helping plants uptake nutrients in order for them to grow well. So it's something we're trying to incorporate when we're potting our, our plants here. At the moment, we're doing a bit of a trial with uh, commercially available granular form of mycorrhizae. So we're adding a bit of that in with these Gel today. We've noticed on the nursery a few plants which have naturally found mycorrhizae relationships and it's, it's, it's quite easy to see how they've grown that much bit taller, that much bigger, bigger girth on the stems. So it's a bit of a no-brainer encouraging that relationship.
2: So Darrell, what are other hedge trees we're planting here?
1: So we've got quite a few species underway at the moment. So if we take a little walk over to some of the seed troughs. So these seed troughs we've got are, they're basically uh, livestock feed troughs and um, we've got a few holes in, so big metal troughs. They're a good sort of 25 centimetres deep or so. And in here we put some of our species such as hazel, so these were actually planted in, it would have been 2019. We did prick out a few trees last year and then the, the second lot has just started coming through now. So we do have a bit of a split dormancy on these. But we've got some nice little trees in here now which are coming up to 15 centimetres or so. So these will get potted up this year. And some of these some of these will actually probably make it out for winter planting in 2022, 23 actually. So that's the, the hazel we have. And if you want to head over here and we'll go look at the spindle. So, uh, another trough we've got spindle growing in. These are again coming through their second winter, so they have quite a a firm dormancy sometimes. We are doing a few trials at the moment. Again, like with the gilderose, I've got a few growing warm under my sofa and then they're going to go into a fridge for a bit just to speed up the dormancy process. Obviously, all these trees, you know, in, in the wild, they will just come Up when they're ready, but obviously, when we're trying to grow stuff in a nursery, we need to try and be a bit more consistent, really.
2: So, hedges are a traditional way of stopping livestock from moving to a field to another, and blackthorn and hawthorn are traditionally used because they have thorns, so they are basically the bulk of the hedge, and especially hawthorn, it's an amazing species because it can hold more than 300 species of insects through the year and later in the year with the berries they are quite attractive to birds and other insects because they are rich in antioxidants and sugars so what i love the most about this job that every day is different and there is quite a lot of seasonality in the jobs what are you looking forward in the coming months Daryl?
1: Well I think for me uh, what I think a lot of people look forward to here is obviously we're very much at the start of the season although we're doing the the Gale de Rose today these are very much sort of an outlier in terms of propagation so we've got all the propagation coming up so we'll probably start to see some of our rowans and Black Fawns and wild cherries germinating soon. They're all in in our fridges at the moment. There's quite a lot waiting to happen you know we did collect a lot of seed last year so you know we've got a lot of potential for really growing a huge number of trees this year obviously you know it must be two years or so roughly until they're actually planted out so yeah, the year ahead it's going to be you know lots of potting lots of maintenance jobs here on the nursery you know there's always going to be plenty of weeds around we're building some new beds as well throughout this year so there's plenty going on power what what, what are your favorite things you like doing here
2: uh, one of my favorite things is to prickle out small seedlings and put them in individual root trainers and collecting seeds.
1: I don't think it ever gets old pricking stuff out. It's always you know quite a thrill seeing things coming through and that's why I love horticulture, bringing yeah bringing new plants into the world and yeah, you can't do anything more important than growing trees to help with the climate crisis.
2: A recent report say we need to plant 40% more hedgerows by 2050 to help with the climate crisis. So why are community nurseries, like More Trees, so important?
1: Well, without nurseries such as the ones we've got here at More Trees, we're just not going to meet this, this demand. The dedication of the volunteers is a, really important in order for us to be able to achieve this, especially when we're talking about needing natural seed stocks and wanting to enhance the genetics within particular areas you know it's very important to be using seed from local area because these these trees are adapted to local conditions so yeah be able to have the resources which is the time of the volunteers to go out and collect these seeds and then to look after them is really important.
2: So what skills do you think are important uh, to become a grower?
1: I think one of the most important A couple of the most important things for being a good grower is uh, sort of good observation and attention to detail. When you're growing plants, keeping good records and actually looking at your plants is when you pick up on whether you need to take some particular actions and that. And actually, you know, being passionate about it is really important. But I think particularly with trees, that that record keeping I mentioned, because we're, you know, experimenting with different cold periods and warm periods and that... Understanding how the seed from your local area performs under those particular conditions will mean that you'll you'll be able to better predict. So what's your advice for aspiring horticulturalists like yourself?
2: I would say being persistent and open-minded to to gain different skill sets and never giving up and thinking that this is a a path on a long term I think is also quite important to be successful. A good way to start, maybe, is just uh, look for charities or small projects in your local area and volunteer with them. Talking about making a difference, how are we starting to change the way we work here to be more climate conscious?
1: Well, it's important to be consistent in our principles here. And obviously, you know, growing plants does require energy and inputs from elsewhere. So there's certain things that anyone can do and that we're trying to do here so you know we're we're not burning we're not having bonfires on site you know lots of people do that to clear their rubbish we're not doing that anymore we're obviously avoiding using artificial fertilizers you know one of the reasons why I was using the mycorrhizas to reduce using artificial fertilizers and also just trying to use less fossil fuel as well so we're having a solar panel installed soon so we should have on site relatively green electricity so we can do away with our fossil fuel lawnmowers and strimmers and just use electric versions. With all the growing we're trying to follow natural processes here really and just following nature what what needs to be done.
2: Thanks for joining us at More Trees today. Now the Geldero seedlings are in a pot, a step closer to become healthy hedges. I think it's time for a cup of tea hopefully we've inspired you to find out more about career in horticulture we love it
1: if you want to find out more there's tons of advice out there head to treecouncil.org.uk slash life on the hedge i've pulled together some helpful links and resources you'll also find some useful tips and advice on the humble hedge and what you can do
0: found this episode interesting we hope it's inspired you share it with a friend and give us a shout out on social media with the hashtag Life on the Hedge. You can find more Life on the Hedge stories from The Tree Council on this podcast feed. How about rating and reviewing our show on your podcast app? Not only does it help people find out about the show, but it also means you can help us celebrate how important our humble hedgerows are to the world. We'd also like to thank the partners who made this series possible. The Tree Council created Life on the Hedge as part of the Close the Gap programme funded by the government's Green Recovery Challenge Fund. The fund is being delivered by the National Lottery Heritage Fund in partnership with Natural England and the Environment Agency. Thanks for
2: listening. Bye! Bye.